Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi, NFL schedule, NBA is talking about reopening facilities, which it will do today as you join us on a Friday, and there's baseball around the world. So, Bags, we have sports, man. I mean, Signs of reopening and restarting and actual live games if you happen to be up around 3 a.m. Eastern time. How much of that NFL schedule release were you locked into? I mean, ESPN, I get it. You know, with nothing else, ESPN and NFL Network have to treat this like this is, you know, part two of the draft or something. But come on, right? I mean, come on. But they do, in in their defense, in ESPN's defense and NFL Network for that matter, they do make a big deal out of the schedule, schedule release every year. I think just for fans like you and I, and we can discuss how much of it we actually watched individually, um, I think for fans, it became a bigger deal simply because, like you said, there's nothing else going on. If there were NBA games last night, Major League Baseball games last night, the way they should have been or would have been, then, yeah, I think we would all be watching those instead of, some graphic reveals of what teams are playing when and against whom. I'm not saying it's not interesting at all, but you pretty much know who your team's going to play, right? I mean, you do. You already know all the opponents and you know, you know the home and road games. You just don't know how they line up. Yep. Right. Or what'll be on prime time yeah. or whatever. And I, you know, I get it. You want to see the, the marquee matchups in prime time and that's what you hope for, but yeah, that's what you can expect also. So it's like, what are we really getting excited about? Now, if we didn't know anything about who our teams are going to play outside the division opponents and the rest of the games were sort of at random, or you knew there was going to be a certain amount against the other conference or whatever, if there was more unknown about the opponent, it would be way more exciting. But with all the games locked in, what we really get is the order of them last night. And again, what time the games will be played and, you know, maybe on what network, if it'll be a, a prime time thing. But that's, come on, you're getting jazzed about that. Now, I have no doubt that uh, I wasn't at News Channel 13 last night with you. Uh, I have no doubt that it was on the TVs. But sure. truthfully, here at my home, it may have been on for eight minutes. Okay. I don't. I don't think it hit a total of ten. Okay. Um, and again, it's something that I love to look at after the fact. And I, right. you know, I, I I write notes about what I've seen, and I, I I keep tabs of of course what the Packers are doing when they're in prime time, and you know when are they playing the Vikings and the Bears and all that stuff. Um, and they do get the Bucks this year too. I like looking at kind of all the after the fact, but I don't need. I don't need the big reveal party. I'm good. No. And to be fair, the NFL schedule is the most exciting to look forward to because the other sports, you got games and it's like, yeah. well, we're going to play everybody and, you know, who cares? But in the NFL, even if you know who you're going to play, that becomes more interesting to see the order in which you play them. If you get a couple home games in a row in a certain spot, when you have to play your divisional opponents, when your bye week is, there's certainly way more that's interesting that you want to look forward to seeing when and where your team's going to be. So I don't mean to totally, you know, poo-poo the NFL schedule here, but my God, I felt like having that coverage on yesterday that we were watching some major marquee event when it's really not that. 
Do you think, and the NFL has, you know, I don't want to say pushed against the pandemic in every way possible because they haven't been faced with having to play games uh, yeah. or putting fans in the seats. However, uh, they've started their offseason program on time. That includes free agency. They held their draft virtually instead of just pushing it off until the time they could do it safely in a large grouping. Do you think this season starts on time? The Thursday night game where the Chiefs will kind of unveil the, the banner, if you will, and get the, the Super Bowl rings is Thursday, September 10th, and then that Sunday, September 13th. Are we going to see the NFL start on time? There's really no way to know, obviously. I know it's not the answer that you want. You want me to speculate. That's the whole point of doing a show like this. Uh, but the bottom line is this is all dependent on factors that are so up in the air. I mean, coronavirus and our handling of it will determine whether or not September is a time we mm -hmm. can play NFL games. And if there's a resurgence of the virus or the virus isn't continued to be handled well in, in certain areas, uh, there, there's too much up in the air, public health-wise, politically, that we can't sit here and say, yes, there'll definitely be games in September. I think it's definitely a realistic thing that we can look forward to and hope for. Um, and if it does happen, it'll be great. But I don't know that we're going to have packed NFL stadiums in September. I think that's something that's far less likely to happen. But could the games be played on time? A much greater chance of that. But to go from where we are now, where we have to be so socially distanced, it's hard to believe that in really just a few months, you could throw 100,000 people in an NFL stadium. That just seems so far out of the realm of possibility. I'd love to see it. And you and I have talked about this. We'd rather see games with no fans than no games yep. at all. But that's tough. If you're the NFL, you know, you've got eight home games and it would stink if you had to, to give up a real home advantage in those games. But if the alternative's not playing, then, then we got to play games. Yeah, I, I think the season starts on time. Um, I think you're going to see that Thursday night game. I think you're going to see the full slate on Sunday. But but here's what I don't think you're going to get, and you hit on it. I, you're, not getting, you're not getting fans. I, I just don't see how it's possible that you're going to get full NFL stadiums for games. And the truth of the matter is, you know, NFL teams care about the TV contracts. That's right. that's where the real money is made. Like, yeah, if you're talking about 60,000, 70,000 people going into a stadium and you've got concessions and parking and all that stuff, of course there's revenue generated there, but it's about it's about the TV contracts. And if you're the NFL and if you're the it's teams and you say to me, "Well, we can still play these games. We can still, you know, take advantage of the advertising dollars and even more so" Because now you're not getting people going to the games. People may be at home watching. And I don't even know if they're going to be allowed to go out to a bar to watch these games. So you've got all these individual households now watching NFL games every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, the TV market, which is really what drives the revenue in that sport, sure. is going to be at an all-time high this year. I think they start on time. What, what I find most interesting, I guess, at this point is let's just use New York State as the example because it's where we are. 
we of course know the Giants and Jets don't play in New York. The Bills do. Can you even, okay, 53 guys on an active NFL roster, more than 100 players, you've got to have officials, support staff, broadcast crews. I mean, you're over 200 people, certainly, in, in a state like New York. Is that allowed? Are you allowed to even have that by September? That, to me, becomes the most interesting factor. And if you're not allowed bags, do they simply take those games somewhere else? That's a possibility. I think by that point, if things go the way they should and the way we hope, I think you could at least get that many people. Because, of course, the NFL has an infinite amount of money to throw at this thing, too. So they could take all the necessary precautions. They could take everybody's temperature before being allowed into the stadium. And they would do a lot of stuff. And look, it's, it's none of it's foolproof or a perfect kind of system. But I think at that point, we could very well be in a position where if we take certain precautions, we could at least get the players and the officials and the support staff together to play these games. But again, the, the idea of fans, obviously we both agree on this. It's just too far fetched or there are just too many. I mean, maybe you do a controlled thing where it's um, we'll allow a certain number of fans in to sit in certain sections of the stadium, and they're and they're more spread out, and and a capacity crowd is far different than every seat in the house filled. Um, just to to get some sort of crowd noise in there and and generate some kind of business within the stadium, but the idea of a full house, it, it, it's I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no, I'm with you all the way. Um, we're on Facebook every week here live. If you're joining us live, you want to throw out a question or comment, by all means, do that. We'll react here live. If you're watching, there it is. I broke out the Magnardi. I can do this the right way. Look at that, huh? Yeah, nice. Pretty professional stuff. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are on our auto Magnardi, as Sean just showed you. So if you've got a question or comment, we'll take it uh, live right now or even if you are watching this after the fact comment below and uh, and sean and i are on the page constantly we'll uh we'll we'll go back and forth with you certainly whatever you think maybe here on the nfl schedule here's some of the highlights of what came out so again if, if you didn't watch it live last night the way i did not the way sean caught some of it here's some of the highlights the bucks no surprise right bags they get five primetime games but so do the patriots Mm-hmm. So even without Tom Brady, New England gets five primetime games. Yeah, well, look, they're obviously as interesting a story. I mean, they're they're the half of the the other half of this divorce between Brady and the Patriots. So yeah, people want to know how's Tom Brady going to do somewhere else, and I think they're equally as interested across the country to know how's New England going to do without him. And there's obviously something to prove on both sides. Brady wants to prove he can do it without Belichick and vice versa. So we want to see what does New England have? What does Belichick have now that he doesn't have Brady? Uh, and what is this team going to do? So it doesn't surprise me. I, I look forward to having their games in prime time as they always are because it gives me someone to root against. Um, it gives me a rooting interest in the game which is always nice on, on the primetime matchups. So I think it makes sense. And look, we could be regretting this later in the year. Maybe if they're not as good as we hope or expect or whatever, then then it'll be sort of pointless. But you could say that about any primetime yeah. schedule. 
um, going into any year. So I think it makes sense. And look, I think either way, even if New England's bad, I think there are enough people around the country who are just like you who will say, you know what, I'd be happy to throw on the TV and watch them lose. Uh, Are we tampered out already? Are you already like enough, enough with the Bucs? Like Brady is 43. Gronk hasn't played in a year. And even when he did play, his body broke down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, of course, interesting. I'm not denying that. But is this a team that that should really have five primetime games? Like every Monday and Sunday night, you would be throwing on the TV and it's Tampa and somebody else. Uh, yes, because they are, they are probably the most compelling story heading into the season. So you have to almost set aside how good or how bad they're going to be because they are compelling. We, we watch sports for the stories that manifest, uh, during the course of a season in an off season. And this is a big story. So People want to see how they do. Even if they aren't good, that's just as big a part of it. So it's all the same story. And this team's success or failures, no matter what, it's interesting. And people are going to want to see that. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't think – I mean, I'm not worn out by it yet, and I don't think I will get worn out by it. Just going back to what we said about New England, again, I think there are enough people around the country who have all of a sudden become something of a Tom Brady fan – if it sticks it to the Patriots a little bit, you know, here's what I don't want to see Patriots fans. I don't want to see you all of a sudden repping Bucks colors, no. rooting for the Bucks and your team. That That's not how this works. And I'm not in the business. I never am like this where I tell people who they can and can't root for, but it's what you get one team. Right. That's it. So do you want to be a Patriots fan and continue on and be like true blood colors of that? T- or, are you riding with your quarterback? And when Brady retires, you're going to stick with the box. Make a well, decision. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You had one of the all-time great quarterbacks in your franchise who yeah. obviously went on to play somewhere else, mm-hmm. multiple places. Did you root for him at any point just because it was him? I didn't root against him with the Jets. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't a Jets fan by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's a different story, obviously. But well, let's yeah, say, but it didn't bother me to see Favre wearing a Jets jersey. However, right. I never moved off the Packers. And when Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay two or three years from now, it's Jordan Love or somebody else, I'll still be a Packers fan. No, I'm with you. I'm the same way. But let's say, let's say he had made it to a Super Bowl with the Jets. Would you have been rooting for the Jets against any other NFC team, just to just to root for him to get a, another ring, essentially? Yeah, maybe. See, I was torn when Jason Kidd left the Nets and was making a, a legit run in Dallas. I was thinking, well, I, I kind of want him to, to get a ring for his career, but at the same time, like I really only wanted him to get the ring with the Nets, and it was like, man, if he gets a ring somewhere else, does that kind of then sting because it wasn't with your team? So I kind of went back and forth on that. And ultimately, after they won it, I was happy for him. Um, I think he's the kind of player who has a career that certainly is deserving of a championship. But that was a little weird when, you know, when that was going on. So I guess I can kind of see it from both sides. But certainly, you don't become a Bucks fan. I would have never worn Dallas Maverick color or or gotten behind that team more than just a passing interest of 
you know, you got to root for somebody in the NBA finals type of thing. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting stat I found, and this is ESPN stats and info. Uh, Brady and the Bucks open at New Orleans. It's not a primetime game. It's a 425-er. So Brady against Breeze week one. And they currently, I know a lot can change, but I wouldn't expect much to. Tampa's six-and-a-half-point dogs. Brady's been favored in his last 74 regular season starts. Yeah. So this would be an an interesting streak that would end. Like, what could change between now and week one, aside from a catastrophic injury that would would swing the spread so much that all of a sudden Tampa on the road at the Superdome would be favored? I just don't see that happening. There's no way. They shouldn't be favored in that game. Um, The Saints are the best team in that division. And, look – Breeze now or Brady now, who you taking? I mean, that's Drew Breeze, right? Yeah, probably. So I think that makes sense, especially because it's a road game for them. And like you just said, how good is Tampa really going to be? I mean, are they are they even warranting from the from the merit standpoint of worthy of all these primetime games? I mean, are they are they the favorites to win that division? I don't think so. And yeah, not in our minds, they aren't, but in a lot of people's minds, Tampa's the favorite. Yeah, I don't know. It look, if even if they're the favorites to win that division, that's still a very difficult road game. Like, let's say they're really close to New Orleans, you might give Tampa the edge at home, but you'd still give New Orleans the edge in their building. I mean, that's. That's one that, like you say, unless somebody gets hurt, uh, that that streak's coming to an end, and and with good reason. I think they'll probably lose that game. Here's an interesting note on a – do we call them a new franchise? Same franchise, new city. Here's what bothers me about when teams move. The fact that the Oklahoma City Thunder are the same franchise as the Seattle Sonics, that bothers me. You know, you get like Russell Westbrook has records in that franchise's history, and he has passed guys like – Gary Payton. It doesn't make any sense. Well, try to figure out the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, you know, that stuff. Cleveland Browns. You know, it's it's just when you get into that, that's the ultimate worst. At least here we have – we know this is the Raiders franchise. Sure. You're not going to have a problem with somebody in Vegas breaking a franchise record from the Oakland days. No, no. Right. So it's same same franchise, new city – Vegas, this is really cool, gets four primetime games. And maybe the biggest of all of them is on Sunday night, October 25th, as they'll host Tampa Bay. Of course, it's Tom Brady, but it's also John Gruden's right. old team where he won a Super Bowl. So that Sunday nighter uh, in Vegas <clears throat> will have a lot of eyes on it. The one thing that doesn't work out so well in, uh, I almost called them Oakland, uh, the Raiders' favor is they're, they're going to play four games in the Eastern time zone. I, I don't remember exactly, but I think you, you're somebody who laughs at the idea that teams can't go West Coast to East Coast Correct. and win games. Correct. So you say no big deal. They've got to play four games in the Eastern time zone? Well, you have a whole week to get ready for the game. If three hours makes the difference, then you've got serious problems with your preparation. I mean, these are <laughs> professional athletes who can travel in the, the easiest, most luxurious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have schedules – the day before a game, two days before a game, game day, you, you just you stick to your schedule, you go out there and play. But the idea that because you're playing a game a little bit earlier, well, what's the difference in if it was a one o'clock game 
or a four o'clock game, or you were in prime time. I mean, you have to be able to just adjust your schedule uh, mentally, your internal clock, whatever it is. Come on, you got to be ready to go play. Here's what I can't wait for. If you if you watch anything related to the NHL, you know the show that the Vegas Golden Knights put on uh, before the game, during the game. The show that is put on during these football games in Vegas for the Raiders is going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, Giant, if anybody's oh, there to see them. What's that? If anybody's in the house to see them, to see the show, you know. Good but point. Yeah. No fans, do you still go through the whole uh, – you do because now you're playing to the television crowd. You have to, right? Well, yeah. You're selling yourself for next season, I guess. Um, Giants open on Monday night against the Steelers. Feels like the first time in forever that they aren't playing the Cowboys week one. Yeah. And then December is kind of interesting. Uh, one game of note is hosting Beckham and the Browns on December 20th. Um, and then they will play at Baltimore as well. Uh, but they'll finish up with Dallas uh, at home January 3rd. You placed a bet on the Giants last year in terms mm. of over-under win total. Mm. Where did you put them this year? I think they're better than last year. Um, without going game by game in their schedule, mm. I'd say they're probably around a 500 team. Mm. I'm looking forward to that Beckham return. I think that'll be interesting to see what sort of reception he gets. And I hope that last game of the season that we have highlighted there in the screen against the Cowboys, I hope that matters. I hope that is a big game. But it probably won't be. I think the Giants are a 500 team. I think they missed the playoffs. And that's sort of it. I hope not. I'm a big Saquon Barkley fan. I'd like to see a big season out of him. And I'd like to see a good, you know, a, a strong performance from Daniel Jones this year as well. I think it's a big year for him and really just for this franchise in general about you know, where are they going. They've got some of those young pieces at obviously quarterback and running back. And it feels like, OK, these guys could be the future. But we'll, ha- we'll know, I think, by the end of this season whether or not that can really be the case. And a young quarterback, a uh, young head coach, first-time head coach, and Joe Judge. But I love the hire they made of Jason Garrett at offensive coordinator. I think the offense looks a lot better this year, but I don't know as a team that they're all that much better. Like, have, did they do enough on defense? And will they before week one to be a better def- – I Can they get the 500? You know, uh, no. Okay. I don't – I don't. I don't know that they're good. I think getting to five hundred in the NFL is is more difficult than it sounds. Um, speaking of the of Dallas, and I don't know why it led me here, but we're still waiting on the Dak Prescott contract. Of course, they've signed Andy Dalton, which is creating you know a ton of conversation around that position. That like maybe the Cowboys are ready to just you know let Dak kind of swing in the wind for a little bit and and ride Dalton. I don't see that happening, but it, it's obviously a play by the Jones part here that, you know what, Dak, if you don't want to meet our number, right. we've got a guy who can who has played plenty of, of NFL games in his career. Um, have, did you, have you seen, just watch this last night, the Alex Smith E60 about his leg? No, but I saw that the they had released a video yesterday, I guess his wife or somebody released a video of him basically working out and, you know, he looked great. Incre- I mean – Bags, watch the doc. It's an hour. It's it, it's amazing. The, of course, the nature of the injury, but but everything that he went through, 
in, in the following week in terms of an infection in the leg and, yeah. and have doctors had to not just save his leg, but literally his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he looks like somebody who could literally go out and, and play. I don't know that he can take hits yeah. to that leg, but he moves like somebody who could literally go out. And if he had the proper protection, throw some NFL passes. It's, it's pretty remarkable. That was an all time injury. I mean, that was one that will, we'll just remember forever. Man, that was just brutal. Yeah. Uh, this is my buddy Carlo on Facebook. Dak is Romo part two. Just good enough to keep him, but not elite enough to get you to the front. You know what? Carlo's spot on here. Shawnee, I said this in a prior version of this show of ours yeah. on Arado and Bagnardi. Yep. That I felt like if you paid Dak Prescott $30 million a year, you had to be out of your mind. And you started throwing regular season win-loss records at yeah. me, stats and all this stuff. And I said, okay, but what hasn't he done? And he hasn't won in the playoffs enough to warrant a contract that he's asking for. So Carlo's right on, man. This is Romo part two. You know what? In a lot of ways, it is Romo part two. But just like I think he gave Romo a raw deal, I still think you're giving Dak a raw deal. This guy can go out and win you games. He can put up big numbers. It's hard to win in the NFL. It's harder to win in the playoffs. And look, there are a lot of guys who we know they haven't won the playoffs, they haven't won the playoffs until they win in the playoffs. And then they, they clear that hurdle they get over that hump, and then all of a sudden we view them so differently. And I get it. He hasn't done it yet, and he may never do it, but he may very well do it. And if and when he does, then I think everybody's opinion on him will drastically change. And you say, well, yeah, because then he went out and did it. And I get that. But what I'm saying is he has the talent to go do it. And because so many other things go into winning, especially in football, it's way more than just one guy. I get the quarterbacks, the big position. I understand that. But – it's not impossible for this guy to go out and win playoff games. You right? acknowledge that this guy's good enough to go win the playoffs. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a super. I don't know. I mean, to make a serious run through the playoff, do you feel significantly better about having Dak at quarterback than Andy Dalton? Yes. Yeah, I do too. And I like Andy Dalton. I think. Yeah, I think I, he's more than capable. Look, I was hoping maybe the Jets would pick him up. Speaking of, uh, your Jets open at Buffalo. They host the Patriots on Monday Night Football. We saw how that one went last year, 33 mm. nothing. Yeah, And they finish up at Foxborough yeah. on January 3rd. Uh, you know I'm not going to do this year what I did last year. Oh, good. Um, if I were to pick anybody other than the Patriots to win the division. Yeah. Okay. It, right. would, be, it would be Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say the Jets for a second. <laughs> uh, no, that's the thing. that This division – despite New England not having Tom Brady, is still really tough for this Jets team because Buffalo is really good and New England's still going to be really good. I hate that they open at Buffalo. I just hate that. You know, it just – I feel like they always open against Buffalo. And when they lost last year against Buffalo to open the season, the season was over. Yeah. Okay. And then, How did they blow that lead? I don't know. I still am wondering – how they blew the lead. Of course, then we get the mono episode after that. And it was just all downhill from basically after whatever they were up 17, nothing or whatever it was. Nothing, right? 16. 16. It was all downhill after that for the whole yeah. rest of the season. Um, 
I I have very low expectations for the Jets this year. This feels like another year. And I, look, if if Darnold doesn't get mono, things go just a little bit differently last year. You know, they wind up with a win total that uh, maybe not too bad. And if you look at that and say, well, they can improve upon that this season, maybe then you start going the right direction. I just have no faith in this team being able to do that, especially in this division. I just feel like New England is still going to be a really tough place to go play. They're still going to give you hell when they come into your building. And it's the same thing for Buffalo. And boy, I just see at the end of the day, both of those teams probably finishing with a better record. The one thing, too, you didn't mention, I'm sure it's in your brain somewhere, is the C.J. Mosley injury. That defense looked so much worse without him on the field. And, again, I know it's one of 11, but, boy, he seemed to make such a big difference for them. So if he's healthy the entire year and if this offensive line is better and Le'Veon Bell is actually effective in the running game, like, I know, I know. We can talk ourselves into thinking this team is talented enough to win nine or ten games. But I, if I put the over under at seven, where are you going? Yeah, and to me that's right on. That's like yeah. a push. But if I had to take one, I'd probably take the under. Um, I'd probably put him at six before I'd put him at eight. Yeah. Uh, I do like Frank Gore. I think I think he's got a little bit left in the tank here. I think that'll take some of the load off for Bell. And if the team stays healthy, and the defense is good, and like you say, the offensive line, look. They have potential, but so do 31 other teams. You know, this is the NFL. Go out and show me something. Uh, Bills play four primetime games. This is cool. However, their two Monday night games are at very difficult opponents. Yeah. Got to go to the Bay, take on the Niners, and then over to Foxborough. Those are the two Monday night games. They play a Sunday nighter. They play a Thursday nighter. But those are the two that I think a lot of people pay closest attention to. And they are road games for Buffalo, a team that made the playoffs last year. That's twice in three seasons now. Um, Buffalo, where are you on? I have a lot of Bills fans, friends who are fans. Um, I just am not sold on Josh Allen, man. I just, I'm not. I like him. He's tough. I like the way he competes. But I don't think I trust him to make big throws accurately when they need to be made. Um, I don't know that Buffalo is a playoff team, but that division kind of feels like something of a crapshoot at this point as we yeah. sit here in May. Yeah, I think they can win 10 games, make the playoffs for sure. Um, I agree with you about Allen. I, I would take Dak Prescott before I would take him and take Dak Prescott over a lot of guys to go back to that argument. But uh, this is, I think, a team that will make the playoffs and probably get knocked out in the first game. You know, that feels yeah. very, a very Buffalo thing to do. Yeah, I, I think so too. But prime time, I know Bills fans would be happy about that. Uh, question for my buddy Carr here. Do the Pats make a trade for a quarterback before the season? Boy, what do you think? Uh, I say no. I, I think they are riding with – here's what I, I – I've never been in the camp of New England needs to upgrade – beyond um, Stidham for a backup. Like, the uh, Brian Hoyer is the perfect guy to have in the quarterback room if Stidham's your starter. There's nobody other than Tom Brady who knows that offense any better than Brian Hoyer. So, 
like bringing in Cam Newton to me doesn't make any sense. Now, Carlo said trade, not a signing. You'd have to sign Newton, but but signing Cam Newton to me, if I'm the paid, does nothing for me if I'm New England, other than create like a little bit of a competition for the starting job. But if if Belichick believes Jarrett Stidham's the guy, then then go play Jarrett Stidham. Like I don't have a problem with that. It, I I oftentimes, Shawnee. Always, you know, and going to give the coaching staff, the evaluators, the front office, the benefit of the doubt. If, if you tell me this is your guy, okay, go play him. Now, you might get killed two years from now because you're wrong, but but I, I don't I don't I don't see these guys every day. I have no idea whether or not they can be effective in the NFL. If Belichick says Stidham can be a good NFL quarterback, who the hell am I to question that? Well, that's what I was going to say. If we've learned anything, it's Belichick knows what he's doing. Um, he was right about Garoppolo. And if he's right about this guy, then he's right about this guy too. And the thing is, I looked at it originally and I thought, you know what? Probably wouldn't be a bad idea to see if they can bring Cam Newton in or really even Andy Dalton, I thought would have been a better option. So I'm not a huge Cam guy at all. But some of the issues I have with Cam – center around his maturity. And I think maybe if you brought him into that system with Belichick, maybe things would be a little bit different. Maybe you'd see a different player there, a different person there as well. And look, I just don't know enough about the guy that Belichick seems to be in love with. Okay. So again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any doubts about Belichick. And if Stidham's this guy who you want, then roll with him and let's see what happens. But looking at it from like, I, I know about Cam Newton and Dalton and feel like those guys would have been solid pieces to bring in and maybe maybe even create a little bit of a controversy and just kind of see who winds up playing better in preseason games or early on. But maybe Belichick doesn't want any of that either. Maybe that's part of, of riding with your guy is to not have that outside drama. I would say it might be a good thing from the competitive standpoint Let's see who steps up. Let's see if we bring in Cam Newton and he, he's got to compete for a starting job. Maybe it brings out something in him that we wouldn't expect to have seen, you know. But, well, you know, Carl was throwing Deshaun Watson's name at me. Um, I, I, I don't see – I know Houston appears to be this team that is, like, trying to rebuild in a very awkward way. Mm-hmm. I don't see Bill O'Brien trading his quarterback and – if New England were to try to get, it would take too many, in my opinion, too many first round picks to get Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is the type of talent that you just do not trade. And I, do, I know DeAndre Hopkins is a great wide receiver, but great quarterbacks like a Watson can make mid level receivers look really, really good too at times. So I, I don't know that you need a full stable of wideouts to be effective with. I, I just don't see Houston for as as per, as perplexing as some of the moves are. That Bill O'Brien's making, I just don't see him trading. Deshaun. What about your boy Jameis Winston? Well, Winston, I, Winston did the smart thing signing that one-year deal with New Orleans. He'll sit behind Breeze for a year and then he'll get a contract somewhere, the way Teddy Bridgewater did. I, I think Winston, I, may, he made the right move taking the backup job. He did, he did. But you know, he's the kind of guy who I look at as. I mean, he throws the ball, boomer bust, man. He'll throw the ball to everybody. Yeah. So yeah, robust. Yeah. Uh, is this getting you excited? The NBA is opening facilities today. Today, no. three teams 
Uh, they're going to do temperature checks. Anybody with uh, anybody with a temperature above 99.1 will not be allowed in the facility. You don't think we're any closer to playing games? Well, we're closer than we were yesterday by virtue of the fact that an, a day has passed. But no, this is something that what, what does this mean? I'm having a hard time figuring out what it means that. Well, all it means right now is like so, individual workouts. So there are no team workouts. So you can't right. run five on five up the floor. It's literally going to be, you know, just for the sake of example here, LeBron and somebody on the staff rebounding for him. Right. Uh, you Which, know, you're not, you're not playing three on three. You're not doing any of that stuff. So that's what I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm a hard time deciding what this means because this is something that could have been done three weeks ago. I mean, really you could have had LeBron James shooting with one other person wearing a mask or gloves or whatever. So like, this is not, this is not anywhere near that big signpost of, okay, now we are getting closer. This is a a baby step, if anything. And a lot of factors that will determine when we can play have not been decided yet. So until those factors start being decided, you know, on the public health end, even on the political end to some degree, um, we just can't get excited about the notion of playing games. We're not close yet. Yeah, I know. And and I know the the plan is still potentially to start the season again in July. Um July and August, and then maybe next season starts in December. Um, I don't see it. And and I don't know why I'm more skeptical about the NBA season than I am the NFL season. Um, I just don't see these guys as players' bags coming back to the court. I know LeBron wants to play, but – I don't know that you're going to get full compliance by these guys when you had Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, both test positive minutes before a game. Right. Well, are you going to, yeah. Are teams going to be expected to come back and finish the regular season? Because they're, yeah, you're talking about some games, don't you? I mean, they've also talked about like, well, we need a, we need a, another training camp of some sort. All right. Well, then this goes into your point even more. That means there are going to be several teams that come back with really nothing to play for either. Yeah. So you come back and play with nothing to play for. Um, hmm. I don't know. I would hope that they would. I mean, I assume these guys, even if the seasons are essentially over as far as the playoffs go, you think they'd want to get back there and play anyway. And I hope that that's not something that factors into this, but it's a possibility. It's something to certainly think about. Well, and whether or not they're going to get paid beyond May 15th is another factor here too. You know, are they are they quicker to say, yeah, we'll come back and play simply because you're looking at what you're not getting uh, in a paycheck. Hey, there was a night they had been getting, they'd been getting paid for not playing. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Come back and play. If, if, but that, if that stops, what I'm saying is if that stops, if the owners say we're not paying you beyond May 15th, do then guys get to the middle of June or late June and say, well, I haven't had a paycheck in two months. Well, I'm talking about playing. I'll play. Yeah. No, I get it. But you also got paid two months for not playing. 
So go, so go play and not get paid to make up for it. If that's what it comes down to, if we're talking about splitting hairs with a, a, a you know, a few weeks, you know, because come on, that's what you should do. Tuesday night, I couldn't sleep. Um, and so I, I sat in bed for a while on my phone for 20 minutes. Maybe I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go back to sleep. It was three 15. I got up out of bed. I went downstairs Sat on the couch, threw on the TV, and what do you think I found? Korean baseball. I found Korean baseball. I found Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez oh sitting in their respective offices at home or wherever. Yeah. Calling this Korean baseball game wow. off some kind of monitor. It was something to be seen in an age of a pandemic in 2020. Here's my take on Korean baseball. I look, I want it. I want live games. I want new games. I'm good now with with classics. I'm good with yeah. simulated games. I want new live sports. And you know, we could you know how it is during college football season, right? If even cuz we work late, you get home on on a weekend, you're working a Saturday, you get home and there's that West Coast game that you really don't give a crap about, but it's college football and it's a new game that's on. So you throw it on and you'll sit there and watch it for two hours, three hours when you're doing whatever else around the house. Right. We'll watch any new sports. We'll do that because it's, it's new and it's live. We don't have anything else, but I'm not watching this. I'm not watching Korean baseball because there's just too much other, there's too much good stuff on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like the, we always say during the season of sports, right? When we're talking about shows and and everything's normal and sports are being played normally, we always say, yeah, you know, I'd like to check it out. Just you know, I got time to check that out because you, know, you got to watch you got to watch the games. This is the time. Now we don't have the games. Go catch up on whatever you want. I've been watching Ozark, man. The show's awesome. Yep. It's awesome. Like find something like that that you would normally want to make the time for, but you wouldn't have. Go check that out and let let Korean baseball be enjoyed by the Koreans, and we'll take our chances on uh, the MLB coming back at some point. I'm going to say the ugly American ignorant thing here. I watched for about 45 minutes. Yeah, I don't know who any of these guys are. It's hard to like draw any real emotional attachment to any of these players or teams. By the way, there are no fans at these games either, so it's an interesting dynamic. Um, it's a little bit of a peek into what we might get in the future, but I don't know how these guys are. No. And what hurts it too, it's not baseball at its highest level. So, like, for instance, if this was Premier League soccer, at least – you could say, like, this is a really, yeah. really high yeah. level of soccer, arguably the best league in the world, right? So that's something you could get into because you feel like you're watching the best of the best doing it. This feels like, I don't care about these guys. They're not playing the game at the highest level. So what am I getting into? Well, look, it's it's what I have always said about the XFL and the AAF is it looks like the NFL, but it's not. Right. And if these guys can't play at the NFL level, I don't go home and watch minor league baseball. I enjoy minor league baseball. I hope it stays around for a long time. I hate that we're losing minor league baseball teams sure. and levels, but I'm not watching it on TV. 
And so it's what I've said about the XFL and the AAF is it's like, it looks like the NFL. It feels like, but it's not the NFL. Look at this. You see that? You see that? That's the mailman walking through the yard. It drives me nuts. I know we're a walk-up neighborhood here. It bothers you. It bothers me. I just planted grass seed out there. Stay the hell off the lawn. It's not your lawn. Walk around. It's a walk-up neighborhood, meaning you'll walk up the driveway, put the mail in the box. I don't need you traipsing around the backyard. And by the way, a fence is going to be up there by next year, so you're going to have to walk around anyway. Are you getting dogs? No, we're getting a fence. For what? Privacy. And what do you do in the backyard that you need to worry about privacy? It's irrelevant. I want to keep knuckleheads like this off the yard. I just put grass seed down there. He's traipsing around with his boots out there. So do you think he's walking from the street over through? Yeah, yeah. he walks the street over there. He's got the neighbor house. We have the neighbor house here, and he walks right through the neighbor's backyard and our backyard, which are obviously connected. That's another reason why the fence is going up. Traipses through and comes around. What are you doing? Park on a street, go up the street, come down the other side, move the car to the other street. You know, we've years to attack our civil workers. Yeah, guy's a jerk. Get off the lawn. I wouldn't go walking on your lawn, right? I mean, yeah. if you're delivering a package or something, too, it's just, you, you leave it on the driveway. Enough. Enough. By the Amazing. way, since we're doing this from home. That's not the first time, obviously, you've spotted that. We got the cat right here. Look at this guy. He's checking yeah. out the podcast. This is beautiful. So, he's got one eye. I know. He's going to be a celebrity from this. The one I order. This is what gives us likes. It's this kind of stuff. Nobody mm-hmm. gives a crap what our opinions about sports. It's Just the, show the household pets. Yeah, it's the idiot mailman and the one eyed cat. Yeah. This podcast is geared for success now. You're welcome. We got a new name for the show. <laughs> What's that? The mailman the idiot and the one eyed cat. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Oopie just sneezed. Um, boy, you know what? There's nothing I can say to get us into the next topic other than say, let's do a little zero, 50 or 100. Let's do it. Um, mailmen should no longer be foot soldiers now. 100. <laughs> uh, zero, 50 or 100, Shawnee. Are you, are you, first of all, you're going to watch this, right? It's, it's on Sunday, May 24th, 2 o'clock on TNT and TBS. Tiger. Woods and Peyton Manning will beat Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady zero fifty or hundred. I will watch this. I'm gonna say this is this is a one hundred for me. I know nothing about the golf game of Brady or Peyton. I do know that you know Peyton's been retired, plenty of time to work on his game. Yep. Um, Probably a better guy. Look, these are these are four really competitive people, and this will be fun. But yeah, give me Tiger and Peyton in this matchup. I'm going to say 100. What matters more? I'm going to say 100 here too. Um, what matters more though to you? Who the better golfer golfer is, or who the better part time? Oh no, yeah, the non golfer. The non golfer. I think so because not to say Tiger and Phil will kind of break even, whatever. But I, I feel like, you know, if one of these guys is significantly better, then that could really sway it. I mean, you're talking about a lot of – how are they going to score this? 
I would think, you know what, I don't know if it's going to be a best ball or if it's a four ball or how they're going to do it exactly. Well, either way, the non-golfers could very well decide yeah. this thing. But here's my thing. Tiger Woods has been markedly better than Phil Mickelson in the last two years, let's say, even. Mm-hmm. So for me, like Tiger, the difference between Tiger and Phil – might be enough to really sway me that Tiger and Peyton Manning are going to beat Phil or Brady. Like Brady can't be that much better right. than Peyton Manning. Yeah, that would be surprising. And I don't know that he's – I don't know that he's better at all either. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, all right. 0-50 or 100, uh, we're watching more fringe sports than ever. This does not include Korean baseball. Right. So like, for instance, UFC, something that you and I would never check out otherwise. Right. Uh, Zero. I'm still not checking it out. I I really have no interest in it. If there was a big fight, a boxing match, uh, we would probably pay-per-view that and watch it, but we would do that anyway. So no, I can't say that we're watching more fringe sports. Again, I'm, I'm checking out the other stuff on Netflix right now. I'm watching stuff that isn't sports because the sports I care about are not on right now. Period. I'm, I'm learning something kind of scary about myself through this. And, and no, I'm a zero too. I, I'm not a UFC fan. I don't ever see myself being a UFC fan. Um, so I'm a zero, but here's what I'm, here's what I'm learning that does bother me a little bit. I'm I'm finding enough other things to watch, like you said, that I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like – I mean, sure, I'm missing sports, but it's been long enough now without a live sporting event that I wonder, like, could I continue on without seeing games? Do you know what I mean? Like, you you would just adapt and adjust your life. Sure. Below. I didn't have a job, but I don't know that I would get home every night and be like, boy, I can't believe there's there's no game on it. There's a thousand other things you could watch. Like to your point about Ozark, we just started watching Ozark. It's phenomenal. There are so many documentaries on Netflix. We could, you know, it just is an endless mm-hmm. array of options that I'm starting to worry. Like, I don't know. Am I not as diehard of a fan as I thought I was? Well, Okay, so I think part of this is, number one, we we know or we at least strongly believe that things will get back to normal eventually. We know it's coming back. So it's not like we've had to give up on it altogether. But also there's been – I know there hasn't been a lot of sports, but there's been sports stuff. I think the Last Dance documentary yeah. has helped, right? There have been things to sort of you know, bridge the gap here for us a little bit. The NFL draft we had, you know, we go through the lulls, but then we have those things that remind us, no, no, it is coming back. And to some degree, things are moving forward, like the draft, for instance. So I think that could you survive without sports in your life? Sure. You're, you're a you're a multifaceted human being. OK, and we all are. But look, knowing that it's coming back helps. And if somebody just eliminated sports from the planet altogether, no, that would hurt. There'd be something missing. It's a part of you. But could you could you move on? Yes. Thankfully, we're nowhere near that. We are going to have sports back at some point. All right, we got to shout this guy out real quick. 
The Rock Man. All right. Titans and Packers in the Super Bowl next year. Oh, that would be good for you. Yeah, I would take that. What do you uh, think you play it? in the regular season uh, in Nashville, I believe. Is, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, at Lambeau. They play at Lambeau. All right. So this, our next 0, 050 or 100 and our last one speaks to how much are we missing sports? Yep. So 0, 050 or 100. You would rather watch your team lose and not have sports to watch at all. I responded to uh, somebody on Facebook this week, uh, Mike Ferraro, who commented on Ashley's post about us postponing our wedding and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was, he jabbed me a little bit about the Mets and the Braves. And I wrote back to him. I said, you know what, Mike, even if it meant the Mets winning the division, I would sign up for that just so I had some baseball to watch. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily eliminate the Braves from making a wild card. No, it doesn't. But my point is, yeah, if, if you said to me, you're going to get a full season, but the Braves are going to lose in excruciating fashion somewhere along the line, I would rather have that than no baseball at all. Boy, it's hard for me to sit here and get behind my team losing in any way. You're a Mets fan and a Jets fan. Right. I not be behind it. Um, no, I would, I would want sports too, because yes, things, things have to move forward here. We need to, we need to get stuff going and I'd rather see them losing because at least they're playing. And then even through the losing, maybe you you find a way to get better moving forward. But yes, I'd rather play. Yeah. Nothing to make you feel more normal than watching the Mets or Jets lose. Come on. That's a low blow. The Mets are stacked, all right? They're pitching staff now. I mean, Cindergaard, brutal, but, you know, maybe maybe he'll be healed by the time. Oh, by the way, speaking of people healing, how about the notion, even just the notion, that if we get an NBA playoffs, we could have Kevin Durant soon. No, I know. Although I don't know what to make of the GM Sean Marks' comments that, like, he'll be 110% when he's 110%. I don't know what that means. First of all, there's no such thing in that capacity. I'm watching him also act like a defensive end against a former NFL offensive lineman on a basketball court. Is this smart? Is this what he should be doing? No, it's not. Look, there have been some weird – things get weird when you bring Kyrie Irving to your team and other big superstars like Kevin Durant and maybe DeAndre Jordan. Things get weird. And we talked about this when we had Ryan Rucco on the show. It got so weird. The guy who helped build this team from the ground up is yeah. not a part of it anymore. I'm talking about Kenny Atkinson, obviously the coach. So there's stuff going on behind the scenes with this team. I thought Marks and Atkinson were joined at the hip. And now I'm wondering about Marks. I'm wondering about ownership. I'm wondering about these star players. But look, at the end of the day, we can get Kevin Durant out there on the court. If you have Kyrie also, then I'd say play. If he's if Kyrie is not going to be available, then I would keep Durant out as well because you'd need them both, obviously, to compete for a championship. Thoughts on last week's last dance? And we will. We're efforting here with George Carl uh, for next week. So the yep. former Sonics, Nuggets, Kings head coach um, for next week. You know, yeah. he, he, well, he was coach of the year. Okay, guy got the Sonics to the finals. We're not just going to make him appear like that, although we'd like to. 
So right. next week, we hope to have George Carl with us. Uh, but I thought last week's The Last Dance episodes were phenomenal. Yeah, I only caught the first one. I still have the second one recorded, and I still haven't got oh, around man. to it yet. I know. It's crazy. I know. Um, but, yeah, I liked – it was good. That was the, – the first one was the Kobe stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was that was good stuff. Um, and how great was that when that started, too, when it, you're seeing that – that all-star game, just all those guys in those locker rooms. Oh, like, that's a throwback to our heyday of like, so that was, that was really cool to see. Um, look, the documentary has been really well produced. It's fun to hear these guys so many years later weighing in. Uh, and it, it, it's funny because especially like with Jordan, his opinion on a lot of that stuff is the same as it was 25 years ago. Like he's, He's the same guy. Yep. Uh, even Scottie Pippen, like it feels like they've really stuck to the same viewpoints all these years. Yeah, these two episodes, you get some of the Kobe stuff. You get more of the political things that Jordan yes. didn't want to speak on right. and got some blowback from the black community because he wouldn't speak up uh, yep. in favor of some social issues. Um, you get some Knicks-Bulls rivalry stuff. It's it's good. It's good. And again, I said it last week. It 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 is going too quickly, and it will be gone uh, too soon. But my God, thank at least that we we have it here. Um, and now this Sunday, we get into some baseball. Yeah, but have to. I mean, you know, the, the death of his father certainly, um, yep. and then onto the White Sox. Our buddy Jeff loves the mailman part bags. Yeah, I mean, look. Here's the thing. I can't believe now. You know, if you want to just share with the audience that, hey, the mailman is walking through my backyard. You, you ID'd him. I'd have to go back and look at He's this. wearing a mask. What do you mean I ID'd him? He's wearing a face mask. Huh. And if anything, he's on my property. I can ID. I can out him. I can out him right now. Okay? You just did. Unbelievable. You just did. He's. I mean, speaking of the mailman, we got some Carl Malone, too. Right. Right, you're gonna get some jazz stuff. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. segue. And I, I've not. I'll say this too, just in in closing. Like I haven't learned anything. Wait, about you don't have to say I'll say this. You just say it. That's it. Yeah. So in closing, I haven't really learned anything about Jordan so far about like his competitive nature or his gambling, which was also a big topic over these last two episodes. Um, his intensity, his his competitiveness, like. I haven't learned anything, but, but a lot of people are saying like, oh, I didn't realize he was that big of a jerk. I didn't realize some of the teammates hated him. I didn't realize he got into fights with teammates. I didn't realize this, that, and the other. Like, no, it's what you always say about Kobe. Like, no, that that's who these guys were. Like, yeah. if you weren't pulling from the same end of the rope, they wanted nothing to do with you, even if you were wearing the same jersey. It is great seeing younger people react to it because – Sometimes it's hard to forget how old or how old we are. Hard to remember how old we are. Um, you know, people who were born in the year 2000 are now 20. I mean, that's really hard. And, to and they have no recollection of right. right. Certainly. So they are now, a lot of them, I think, experiencing this and that dynasty for the first time. So it's been interesting to see some of their reaction. And I think, too, a lot of people who were totally 100% LeBron is the greatest ever because they've never seen Jordan play. I think, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if some people now are starting to 
at least question that because you watch these guys. I mean, it's such a different game, but just being able to put your hands on a guy to play defense, it's a huge difference. It's a huge, huge difference. And I love the arguments now that have started about, well, if Jordan played today, how many points would he average? It would be a lot. I mean, this guy averaged 30 points a game, which is still the most ever, all right? And he did it in an era when you could body guys up and really play defense and beat guys up. And now, if he was playing now with the pace of play and the three-point shot, I mean, ESPN did did the mathematical breakdown on Get Up and their statistician, Hembo. If you watch the show, you know him. Um, He did the math on this based on today's flow of play, the number of three-point shots that are taken and made, that Jordan today – Based again on what he so you got to be able to try to transport what Jordan did in the '90s to today, which we can't do. But he he predicted that Jordan would 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 average 45 a game. Yeah, I believe it. It's insane. I believe that, and that's that's a guy who did it on both ends too. So yeah. to be able, you know, a lot of guys now. You got your James Hardens and your guys like that who can fill it up on one end, and they're totally useless on the other end of the court. Imagine if they were expending any kind of energy playing defense, how much more their offensive numbers would come down. And that's a guy. And LeBron plays defense too, especially when it matters, no doubt. Um, but that's a guy, Jordan, who who just didn't take a possession off. Period. All right, come back and hang out with us next week. Uh, you'll see more of Sean's mailman, perhaps. I hope not. But definitely more of the cats. Yes. That can be a promise. Okay, sounds good. All right, Bags. Uh, hope to have George Carl for you guys uh, next week, as well as ESPN's Cassidy Hubberth, who grew up in Chicago during that Bulls dynasty and is now part of ESPN's uh, NBA coverage next week here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Here on Facebook, check us out, of course, on Twitter. And if you just want to listen to us and not look at us, we don't blame you. You can find the full podcast on iTunes. Bags, uh, have a good weekend, brother. See you next week.